Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rambling Rev. I am your host, Pastor Scott Dalen, an ELCA pastor in Southwest Iowa. Yes, you can call me Rev. The purpose of these podcasts that I prepare every week uh, serves a twofold purpose. The first of which is to move my brain out of the mode of background work over the course of the week and move into the process of writing and preparing the sermon that I will preach to my congregation for the weekend. That's the first reason, at least normally, this particular week as I record this episode. I'm actually not preaching, but I like to go ahead and prepare these anyway, and so here we go. That's the first reason I do them. The second is just to allow you, the listener, who have graciously given up your time to come by and uh, give a listen to gain some different insight and the assigned text from the Revised Common Lectionary. So that is why I do these. Now, as I'm recording this one, I'm excited to announce that this podcast, which, as you can tell by the number, is pretty new, is now live on all major streamers. You can find it on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play Music, or you can actually go directly to SoundCloud.com and find it as well, all listed under the same name, The Rambling Rev. Now, if you like what you hear, I'd ask if you would consider uh, leaving a review, also hitting subscribe, then you'll find these in your inbox every week when they drop. All of that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. This coming Sunday, December 15th, 2019, the third Sunday after Pentecost, our assigned gospel lesson comes out of Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. Now, Advent is, of course, a time of anticipation and expectation and perhaps even preparation. we got a whole bunch of Asians in there. And we're looking forward to the coming of the Christ child at Christmas. Of course, as we're looking, that's only a couple of weeks down the road now. Advent is a pretty short season here at the beginning of the church year, which kicked off here at the beginning of December a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we find the same sense of anticipation or expectation or whatever we want to call it in some of our other lectionary texts as well. Uh, I'm not really going to get into them, but those other texts come out of the Old Testament uh, prophet Isaiah chapter 35. We've got something from James chapter 5 in the New Testament and then also Psalm 146. Now, if you review these different readings, you'll see that there are quite a few of the same themes that emerge, particularly with the psalm, uh, some of the things that Jesus will talk about in our passage today, once I read it, uh, will sound pretty familiar to what we get out of Psalm 146 when we hear the things that the Lord does for those who are marginalized, for those who are downcast, but it's all kind of tied in there together. But before we go any farther, let's go ahead and read it, and then we'll get into it a little bit more. Again, Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at, a reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. 
Truly I tell you, among these born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. All right, so that's our passage. So what's going on here? Well, if you happen to catch last week, um, the passage that we had came out of an earlier portion of Matthew, actually Matthew chapter 3, and we heard the very early aspects of John the Baptist's ministry, the action that he was taking, the, the ministry that he was doing, the baptisms that he was doing, the baptism of repentance, we hear that called, uh, from earlier in the, the gospel before Jesus comes on the scene. Now, we didn't actually have Jesus present within that particular reading, although it does pick up right after it left off. But one of the things I referenced last week was that John, in his early days, as he's preaching about the coming Messiah, I think he was doing the best that he could do, but he was kind of off in his understanding, and we see that in what we've just read today. So we've got John now in prison. Now a little bit of background on why John is in prison. He actually spoke out publicly against King Herod, uh, and that would be Herod Antipas, uh, son of Herod the Great, or one of the sons of Herod the Great, who had married his brother's wife. And uh, John the Baptist wasn't a big fan of that, called him out on it, and that landed him in prison would eventually end up uh, resulting in his death because Herodias, the wife of Herod Antipas, really didn't appreciate John and uh, kind of conspired, resulting in his death. But that's a little bit farther down the road. But at this point, he's in prison. And he's catching word of what Jesus has been up to, the things that Jesus is preaching, the things that Jesus is doing within his ministry as he's traveling around uh, Galilee and Judea, kind of the different areas. And it's not really lining up with the expectations that John had. And so he asks this question, or he sends his disciples to Jesus to ask the question, are you the Messiah? Are you the one to come? Or should we look for somebody else? Because, you know, man, what you're doing is just quite not adding up to what we expect, what we think it's supposed to be. And where's that coming from? I've talked about this before, uh, that the expectation of the Messiah really harkens back to the uh, ancient kings of Israel, the ones who were anointed to be the leaders, the ones who are chosen by God to be the leaders. And we've got the first three are the, probably the best examples. King Saul, about a thousand years before Jesus, who ruled for 40 years. And then King David, who's considered the greatest of the kings, who led for 40 years. And then his son Solomon, who led for another 40 years. And those three guys really uh, brought the kingdom of Israel together and expanded it and expanded it and expanded it. And then things kind of started to go downhill from there. But they were the ones who were the anointed messiahs. That's what messiah means. It means God anointed one. And Christ means the same thing, just a different language. Messiah is Hebrew and Christ is Greek, but they mean the same thing. So they're looking for that. And it would seem that John's expectation, at least is leaning the direction of a political leader or a uh, military leader, someone who would help reestablish uh, Israel as its own separate uh, identity that no longer being controlled. You know, history has uh, shown us a big, long, repeating history of Israel being taken over by uh, various empire after empire after empire. And at this particular moment, of course, it's the Romans, but uh, there was a long history of that. And so it would seem that expectations are pointing that way. Like, hey, what's going on, man? You're not doing what we want you to do. So maybe we should look for someone else. Now, Jesus replies back, tells him, go and tell John what you have seen, what you have heard. 
and he talks about the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. Blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. So Jesus kind of seems to be indicating that I'm bringing about the kingdom of God, but it's not looking like you're anticipating or like you're expecting it to be. And I think that's interesting. He almost seems to be saying or implying the kingdom of God looks like this. Now, both Jesus, uh, the first thing that he says in Matthew's gospel within his public ministry, it's not the first time we hear him speak, but within his public ministry after his baptism, that's the first thing he says, the kingdom of God has come near to you. John the Baptist said the exact same thing in his ministry, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom has come near. I was, actually, as I'm recording this, I was uh, in on a Bible study uh, with some, uh, some different individuals, and that's one of the things that kind of came up is this idea of the kingdom. What does it mean that it's both here, that it's both now and not yet? And that's really kind of an important idea. It's pretty central, one of the big questions within our faith of how do we live the reality of the kingdom that's both here among us now, as well as one that hasn't come to fruition yet. And that's always a big question. That's something that we, uh, that, that we think needs to shape our lives as believers, our life of faith. Uh, that we live in a way that reflects the reality of the kingdom, and in doing so, we're helping to bring the kingdom about. And that kind of seems to be what Jesus is talking about here. The kingdom that you're looking for, the Messiah who's ushering it in, is doing it in these different things. When those who are marginalized are set free of what is hindering them, the things that are bringing them about. And then Jesus says, I kind of like that last statement, he says, blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. Now, in the original Greek, that take offense, that's scandalizo, kind of sounds like scandalize, and it probably should, because that's that's what it really means. That's where that word in the English comes from. Uh, and Matthew uses this a lot, and many times when it shows up in Matthew's gospel, it's Jesus that's saying it. And he even goes so far, we hear it uh, come from uh, Peter, when Peter says um, uh, shortly before uh, the arrest of Jesus and the betrayal, when Peter says, even if everyone else uh, falls away, I will never fall away. It's that same, that scandalizo. Even if everyone else is scandalized by you, I won't be scandalized by you. Even Peter does. All the disciples do. And yet they all kind of fall to that as well. So I kind of wonder, is this Jesus maybe subtly taking a shot at John the Baptist? It's probably not really the best way of, of putting it, but I kind of think maybe that that sort of thing is... Uh, is in play, or maybe Jesus is just recognizing the possibility that it's going to happen, not just the possibility, but the reality that this is going to happen, that people will be scandalized by the gospel, because it's not what we expect. It makes no sense. It goes against all of those different um, facets or thoughts or values that the world uh, puts forward for us. The kingdom seems to go to the complete opposite of that. That's kind of what's happening in the first part of this, um, and I'm really zeroing in on that. Now, Jesus does shift gears once John's disciples go up, and Jesus kind of starts talking about uh, John himself. And actually, even though there's seemingly, from distance anyway, been a little bit of a headbutt between the two, he's really singing his praises. He says, you know, who did you go out to see? You didn't go out to see a reed shaken in the wind, which, um, from what I've heard, is a shot at uh, at King Herod, because like, his symbol is, has a reed on it, um, he talks about, you know, he says, you didn't go out to see somebody wearing soft clothes living in a palace, you went out to see a prophet. And John is a prophet, but he's greater than a prophet. 
and then he talks, there's the thing about, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you. That's a quote from uh, the prophet Micah from back, or excuse me, not Micah, it's Malachi, back in the Old Testament. But we hear about that. And then he says that um, among all the prophets, none is greater than John the Baptist. But then he switches gears a little bit too. And he says, but even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. So what do we take from that? Maybe we take that John's not yet in the kingdom. Maybe. I don't know. Kind of ambiguous. Maybe we take that um, that when the kingdom comes about, it is greater than what we are in humanity, but that we are going to be included in it. We are going to be included in it. Um, but that kind of gives it a future tense when I think about it. But maybe on the flip side, that's also important. As I was saying before, we've got the the now and the not yet, both of them are present within this reality of the gospel, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, whatever we want to call it. It's all kind of part of that same thing. And so maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe that's what Jesus is talking about. But I guess overall, if I was to kind of try and land this plane, bring it in for landing, it's definitely we have that sense of anticipation. Now it goes without saying that this particular story falls kind of in the midst of Jesus' ministry. So from the standpoint of looking ahead to the coming Christ, well, that's maybe a little bit strange. But this really kind of helps bookend uh, the part that John plays as the forerunner. And as I mentioned before, the fact that even the forerunner uh, came up short in terms of really understanding what it was that God was up to through the Christ event, to the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Even John the Baptist didn't really grasp it. Uh, and that kind of gives me some hope. It helps me realize that when I don't get it either, that's okay, because even John didn't get it. That's a lot of what's happening, um, and I think it's good to kind of keep us in this mindset of anticipation and expectation, and perhaps questioning our expectations about Christ as we prepare to celebrate once more his coming birth at Christmas in just a couple more weeks. That's kind of what's going on. So I uh, hope that this has been helpful for you as you uh, explore the text on your own. Again, uh, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, if you like what you hear and you think that these are a benefit, uh, you want to go ahead and hit subscribe. You'll get them every week. And uh, also the possibility of leaving a review, that really kind of helps or get it uh, in, in front of uh, more and more people, so it might be a benefit to them as well. Otherwise, I hope you have a blessed week. We will catch you next time.